science fact. Hello, hello, and welcome back, folks, to the next episode of Creature Encounters of the Podcast Kind with your hosts, Nick of the Living Dead and Mr. Cleaver. How are you? I'm well. Glad to be back after our much long hiatus. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, life happen. Yes, life. Hopefully your life is, is good, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doing great. But yeah, like you moved, you got married, you had a lot of stuff going on. I did. Um, I never forgot about this, though. And our next horror movie, which we're still doing, as we promised for the last episode, The Bay. Are you excited for this movie? Oh, man. No. It's, and it's not because it's not good. It's just so, uh, it's, it's disgusting. I've like as we were discussing before, this movie hits differently after going through a pandemic. Although a much different type of pandemic, it's still, um, it, I don't know. It just hits. It hits differently. Yeah, it's like I was, I was saying to you earlier. It's like the log line of the movie could be like, well, maybe COVID's not so bad. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, I wasn't terribly as affected as some people with COVID. But yeah, I think um, being eaten alive versus dying of a flu. I don't know. I'd probably choose the dying of the flu, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I had it a couple times. It's rough, but not like burrowing out of your stomach rough. Yes. Or in some cases, your neck and other things. Um, let's not ruin the surprise. I think that's one of the main things I loved about this movie, um, especially since it is a found footage. Which don't get me wrong, there are some really good found footage movies, including this one, but they are by far my least favorite subgenre of horror. Um, this one is very different, though, for a few reasons, and I'll list off a couple, <laughs> and then we'll go into, I guess, why we, why I like it a bit better than regular. Um, first of all, this movie was released in 2012. It was directed by Barry Levinson and written by Michael Wallach and Barry Levinson. It had a budget of $2 million. So I had to look up who Barry Levinson is because that name sounds so familiar. And no wonder this movie was amazing because he also directed Rain Man, Good Morning Vietnam, Sphere, and Dope Sick, which is a solid miniseries about the oxycotton pandemic that happened in the States a while back. Huh, I didn't know he did Dope Sick. That makes a lot of sense after watching this, though. Yeah, so um, it's definitely not his first foray into kind of a pandemic, you might say. So the other writing credit guy is Michael Wallach's. Um, I'm probably not saying his name right, but um, his only other credit that I could see was for a series that he wrote with Barry Levinson, which is The Jury. I'm not super familiar with it, but uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we have a great man behind the camera and behind the script. But one of my biggest issues, I guess, with some found footage movies is the camera's always so shaky. So this movie is different because it's news footage. Like we have our one main narrator who's Donna and she's kind of a survivor of basically everything that happens, um, which is, as we were saying, a pandemic, an outbreak, if you will, in a small town in Maryland that was covered up by the government. And here she is speaking out at the end of it. And it's everybody's footage and stuff that was confiscated and is submitted to a, a website that they're basically trying to like spread the word and out the government the cover-up and stuff um so there's not really any shaky there's like a couple scenes i guess where people have shot stuff on cell phones but mostly it's it's pretty like um linear i would say 
Yeah, the structure is really solid. I, I was surprised. And and these days with so much of the country like like under direct surveillance of video, it's not that big of a stretch. Oh, for sure. I mean, 2012, we obviously still all had smartphones, um, probably not as big into them as we were now. We were probably still just like, you know, getting iPhones and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we still had our devices. I would say if David Cronenberg directed a found footage movie, it might be something like this. I would say he was inspired by David Cronenberg, for sure. And that's another reason why I think I love it, because I do love body horror. And that brings me into another reason of why I like this found footage versus others is because another thing I've noticed and other ones I've seen is it's like you see what's happening or you see something scary and it's only for like a second. And then the person holding the camera like runs away screaming or something. Whereas here you have like doctors and police and everyone just filming constantly the things that happen. So you're never shied away from the screen when the gory good bits start to happen. No, that's true. And I I don't have a lot of complaints about this movie. Spoiler alert. I love it. No matter how icky it makes me feel. (laughs) fair enough i think that's the good part right like even when we were joking before i I don't like spiders but sometimes you watch those movies because we're so desensitized nowadays that at least that movie makes my skin crawl and makes me uncomfortable right so that's kind of the point some fleeting cg which is not enough to even take it down a point but i i wish they would have found a way to do some of the isopod crawling practically Mm, yes yeah we were there at this time Um, in the film industry I think they were starting to lean more heavily into CG I personally didn't have any issues with any of the CG Um, I I mean it is noticeable but like it's I think because we're watching it on you know kind of footage that people have submitted and some of it's grainy the way it's been um, like found afterwards and stuff it kind of lends to the whole badness of it if that makes sense (laughs) where did you watch this um in in my living room <laughs> no no I'm, I'm aware of that nerd where did you find, <laughs> you find the streaming so originally no I, I have a dvd of it but the very first time i watched it it was on on netflix and i went into a completely blind and that was probably another reason because the movie does such a really good job of unfolding what's happening um with like kind of keeping you blind until the main reveal at the end and i, I really appreciated it for that as well but yeah this time i just watched it on dvd in my living room <laughs> If up until I would say maybe even the, what would you think the halfway mark? You would be forgiven in thinking this is a a, a disease horror movie. Absolutely, um, yeah, they do a lot of really good foreshadowing, and uh, yeah, I would I would say they do start to kind of show the creatures. Yeah, probably midway, at least in the fish that are infected, but not the people. And the footage of all the people like just enjoying their july 4th they did a really good job of making all of this footage look like rustic and and very uh realistic Mm -hmm. and it's just more foreboding when you know what's coming down yeah and not only that but it's just like you kind of see the people enjoying their day they're all completely like oblivious to what's about to go down and and the the horrificness really of it it kind of just does it it pulls at your heart maybe it's me getting older but it pulls at your heartstrings a bit more especially they do include a lot of children which is another thing like i mean there's like 15 year olds texting back and forth um there's that one young teenager filming herself in the hospital saying that you know no one's helping her and and things are just crazy and she doesn't want to be alone so she's just facetiming a friend i mean like that kind of that kind of hits you hard Oh yeah, now we don't. We're probably not going to do a walkthrough like we normally do because it's it's almost a scattered narrative. There's there wouldn't be an easy narrative to follow. But no, absolutely. But we can still give our traditional 
Sleaze score and our gore score. And are I, you ready with those, Mr. Cleaver? I am. Hang on. I didn't, I didn't even have to write them down. Sleaze score is zero, uh, which, you know, we're 2012. We, we're kind of <laughs> leaned away from those things. Yeah. You basically have to go looking for, for that kind of stuff nowadays. <laughs> I, <go looking>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I miss it. You know, it's, it's uh, whatever. It's kind of like, but the gore score, holy crap. This thing is amazing. Uh, a whole lot of boils, a lot of skin appliances, and then a lot of footage of creatures or these little isopods crawling out of people, legs being amputated. Uh, one point, a cop shoots two other cops and then himself. Yep. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of, and it's, like I said, it's just entropy. Yes. So it's kind of hard to gauge, but my I think my personal favorite gory moment was when... Uh, at, towards the end when they come across that guy by the fountain with half of his face eaten off like the lower half of his face and then his eye just starts moving yeah that was Ugh. that was a solid scene the one that stuck with me the most was the was when that the husband the dentist it dies at the end and you see this part i kind of have a little bit of grief with too but it does stick with you is when you do finally see because everyone you kind of see dead and you know what's happened to them that they basically had these larvae hatching them and the isopods eat their way out but you don't actually see it happen until you see the dentist die and it eats his way out of his neck. And he's standing there and begging his wife to kill him, like hands her um, a poking fork for a fire. But then he's like, you'd think if that was happening to you, he'd be grabbing at his neck and like, you know, holding the pain. But of course you can't do that because then you'd be blocking the camera and we all have to see what's going on. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just kind of funny when you think about it, in my opinion. He couldn't have picked like a worse instrument to, 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 put him out of his misery it's like here's a fireplace poker <laughs> yeah well they were in an antique store he probably didn't have a ton of options i know i know <laughs> i thought about that too but at the same time it'd be like here take this uh cat of nine tails put me out of my misery please well maybe if she yeah. got it just right she'd be able to poke the isopod in the stomach and then like leave it in before he's able to get help who knows i don't know so uh... two people in the it's the closest we have to main characters other than the reporter donna yes is there uh is it John and Stephanie Talbot? I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah, I don't remember either. Uh, I think it is John. And yeah, we see them. We're introduced to them from the beginning and we kind of follow them on their like lovey-dovey little journey to the town to watch the fireworks for, you know, the, the very end when they've get, gotten there after all of the collateral damage has already happened and we just get to witness their death. <laughs> well, just his death, I guess. Yeah, basically they're take they're casually yachting from they don't say where to Claridge, Maryland, which is where this whole thing takes place. Mm-hmm. With a baby. I know. I saw that and I'm like, I wouldn't put a baby on a boat. That's just me, though. I know. And to, to fireworks, like, I don't know, it just kind of seems like bad parenting. Like, aren't they supposed to be wearing, like, earmuffs or something? Like, like you think it would scare the shit out of the baby. I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't have kids. Maybe parents do take their babies to fireworks. I don't know, but... <laughs> My my son freaking hates him. He's seven. I stay home with him, and everybody goes because I could give a fuck about fireworks if I'm honest. Really, I like them. They definitely still. Uh, I haven't seen them in several years because I don't enjoy the crowd that usually you have to endure to go see them. But uh, they, they're pretty good. I liked the fireworks at at Disneyland. Oh yeah, we saw that one time. It was interesting. Did your son at least like those ones? No, it was. <laughs> I had to. I had to him all the way out trying to cover his ears not even the magic of disney could lift his spirits eh? changes changes tune <laughs> no he's just he doesn't dig loud noises i'm kind of the same though 
All right, so if we were to get some kind of semblance of the plot, we've kind of already somewhat ruined the ending that we were talking about. But essentially it starts off, um, as we said, we have our Donna kind of main character. She's a reporter who's doing an expose on everything that happened because the government's been trying to cover it up. So she kind of goes over some news footage that everyone recorded, but also there was two scientists that were studying the environmental impact of the bay. So essentially, this is a very small town, as we've mentioned, Claridge, Maryland. Um, it's mostly a tourist town, but they do have a chicken farm. And I think they were basically studying the environmental impacts of the chicken farm. And we're finding out that there was a ton of runoff and pollution, which of course the mayor, very Jaws-esque, is trying to cover up <laughs> and keep the beaches open for July 4th. <laughs> and of course it turns out terribly. And one of my main beefs too, I'll just, I'll just say it right now, is out of all the deaths and stuff we see in the movie, and we see how culpable the mayor is and kind of just, there's so many scenes and stuff he calls into a radio show at, at, at one point when, you know, the outbreak is going crazy and he's really just trying to dumb it down and just tell people, you know, oh, just, you know, stay out of the water if you are prone to getting rashes and, and rashes and things can just happen, which like, you know, I get swimmer's itch and stuff, but I mean, the hospital's like already overrun at this point. So, uh, you know, a horror movie is really great in the sense that you see these pieces of shit characters and they usually get their comeuppance. And this guy, this motherfucker gets to go out in a car accident. He doesn't even get eaten alive. Yeah, that pissed me off. I thought they were going to save the big uh, finale for, you know, when you see what these creatures actually do. I thought they were going to save it for his death. Right. But maybe because he had some kind of inkling of what was going down. Maybe he was just drinking bottled water high up on his ho high horse, you know? Ugh. Well, he he does. Uh, he may have just poured bottled water because at one point he makes a special note to he's addressing people and he's like, "This is the greatest tasting water in the world," and then he just takes a big old drink of it. That's true, but you never know. Maybe it was bottled water. Um, Donna does mention that, though, that obviously some people do survive. She is one of them. Um, she manages to make it out without ever getting sick. But essentially, I don't think it's ever really fully said. But you know they have this chicken farm um a lot of the excrement the 45 million pounds of chicken shit is dumped into the bay every year was their record and so the mayor installed this great big desalination plant um to help get the water drinkable but even then the scientists and other people report in the movie that like this water is brackish and despite efforts like this should never actually be drank ever by anyone so it just sounds like a ticking time bomb i guess for all of these people who end up drinking some kind of larva. At one point too, they also, I think they mentioned like radioactive runoff and it could be from, you know, the chicken excrement, but essentially it's getting to these isopods, which is mutating them and making them huge. And of course, infecting the people, which as we said, halfway up the movie, it kind of, it just seems like everyone's just getting really sick until they all start getting eaten from the inside out by what are essentially um, water cockroaches. So it's hard to get a body count. Um, at one point, we're also introduced to kind of another main character. We're introduced to the ER doctor who videotapes everybody he's treating and, of course, calls us into the CDC to report it, um, believing at first this is a bacterial outbreak and hoping to get some help. Um, the CDC, of course, is, spoiler alert, absolutely no fucking help. He does eventually also, unfortunately, get infected and die. But Donna reports that he treated over 350 patients that day. And... Another spoiler alert, anybody who gets infected in this movie does not make it. They die. So we know we at least have 350 townsfolk, plus the other people we see on screen die, which I think is probably, you know, five or six, maybe more people who get to the hospital. 
handy one handy number that I got from when the bougie couple finally gets there in their little boat. Okay, there you go. Yep. And then Donna said in the narrations, like by the time uh, the bougie couple, she didn't say bougie couple, but by the time they roll into town, uh, over over seven hundred people had died. Well, there you go. My number was way lower. Oh no, you're good. Probably yeah. even more because I thought they said in the beginning the population was about. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh... This movie jumps around a lot. It's kind of like our Connoisseur episode in that um, you really can't write down and kind of narrate every scene because there's just too much going on. So let's talk about the main points. But um, I definitely didn't miss or I missed some of the info. But anyways, Donna did say that not everyone in the town died, but obviously a lot of people did. And, um, you know, the, the government, of course, tried to to cover it up. Who knows? I wonder, I wonder what the extenuating circumstances are because... Some like like you said, not everybody in the town died, but an awful lot did. I wonder if it was just people who were exposed to a certain amount of water that snuck through with the larvae, and then the rest of them kind of miraculously got clean water or something. I'm not sure, but it was yeah, like you said, it wasn't the whole town, but it was a yeah. good maybe people who lived more in more closer proximity to the actual bay, um, or, or like on the water, or people who were like were in the water more often swimming things like that got it as opposed to people who live farther in the city or didn't really go swimming but yeah it's never really explained especially since like if this were some kind of actual pandemic and it was you know people have certain antibodies and you know not everyone gets covid and stuff for example right like some people will kind of fight it better um it would make sense but if you're actually swallowing larvae like is your immune system so good that you're just killing the larvae before they mutate inside of you like it, it kind of doesn't make sense but Hey, let's not pick apart the movie, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and the the salination plant they put in, apparently they evaporate the water before sending it out, so not even the larvae probably could have survived that process. It's just a little logic bump, and I'm not even sure how that works. I read that somewhere. Hmm. But then they also show a scene where it's like I can't remember. Some government official is talking. I think it's to the CDC actually. And, you know, they're saying the government official for that area is saying, oh, you know, the water passed all, you know, rigorous testing and things like that. But then they show a picture where it's like a D minus and really probably shouldn't be being drank. But yeah, like we said, like, is that salination plant supplying water to the whole city? Are some people getting it from somewhere else? It's never fully explained. No, it's there's there's a, a lot left open for interpretation. And I I think that's kind of like morbidly hilarious that they grade the water like it's high school. I think they do that in real life, though. I think that's a thing. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure it is, but it's just, it seems so, so strange. What's the lowest grade that you would drink? Me? Oh, geez. Um, C or B? I don't know. I don't think I could get out of the Bs, man. Yeah. You'd have to be pretty desperate, I think. And probably up to date on your hepatitis B <laughs> <laughs> and C vaccines. Yeah, they just casually mentioned that there's a, there's a nuclear reactor leak which shouldn't have been a problem till 2014 which would have been five years in the future from this yeah so essentially i mean they could have had a very small they have um i can't remember what they're called but they're very small nuclear reactors they have some here in canada as well and, and other places where you can just basically install them off of a river instead of needing like a huge supply in the ocean and uh anyways if there was a leak i guess however long they calculate it to reach where they were um so i mean like that's believable still the fact that they knew about it i mean you'd think they'd be doing things to prevent it i, I don't i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know enough about it but it's it seems like 
they kept trying to just to kind of more insinuate what could have possibly like they said that the chicken shit was mm-hmm. probably steroids because you know that apparently they'd been you know roiding up those chickens to get them full well they do that again in real life too i mean if you're watching any of those food documentaries they've pumped those chickens full of steroids so much that a lot of them can't even walk and that, that way they can kill them faster use less resources and make more money so i mean that's sad and also very believable but yeah i mean it's just kind of a perfect storm right so obviously the idea of these isopods getting huge and being man eaters essentially is such they have to kind of just throw enough at you (laughs) see what sticks see what most believable and um i mean all of these things technically could happen the causes are probable oh no i didn't i didn't find myself struggling to consolidate logic i just it's you know when they leave a lot open for interpretation, but mm-hmm. what I think was that the innovation period of the of the parasite seemed to be the same for everybody. I didn't think so. Some people seemed. I guess it depends on when. So if we have, um, say, our control factor is the John guy, the bougie guy from the boat, right? So he his only exposure that we see is he jumps in the water at one point or gets thrown in when he's wrestling with his wife. So the amount of time that it takes them to to get to um, Claridge, Maryland. So say that's around like noon and they get there around midnight. So that's about 12 hours. The other people in the town. So like you, it's like kind of when, when did they drink the bad water? Was it that morning, that afternoon? Um, It kind of seemed to vary a little bit for me, but I like, I still didn't find that um, it took me out of it or anything like that. Cause I mean, I love the alien films. No, no, no. Anybody who seems to get it, like, you know, have an embryo laid in them, they all kind of, depending on which movie you're watching, have more time than others to, to live. <laughs> Ripley had one on her chest for the entire duration of Alien 3. Exactly. I mean, she had a few days there. So maybe because it was a queen, it took longer to you know grow. But I mean, even Alien 4, there's that one guy that they kind of rescue until he does a chest burst or scene through that other guy's head near the end. I mean, he had quite a while compared to Kane and other people in other movies. I love I love that scene and it's just that they all like came down with it like within the same afternoon is what i meant like that they're it's not as though they all like simultaneously came down with like the hardcore symptoms but it's like within the same afternoon it seems weird like it would like depending on who you are your body mass what what kind of water i assume that he got the water straight from the bay so he probably you know he he probably got a dose of the good shit yeah (laughs) maybe that's why his accelerated yeah so it just kind of makes you wonder like after all this time with a the radiation or i guess they just have got the radiation but they would have been getting all the steroids for a while because of the chicken excrement that maybe by the time the radiation maybe it got there earlier because they don't really say or confirm um that they just kind of say like maybe it did get there earlier and that was kind of the perfect storm so anyone who had that water that day which would kind of explain why donna didn't because she was just running around all the city trying to interview people and she probably only had bottled water in the car, for example. But that wouldn't explain then why her cameraman does eventually die, which is mentioned at the beginning, but never shown on screen. Oh, yeah, that might be one of the really quick ones. I'm glad we both watched this because then we can both pick up shit the other one may have missed. <laughs> there, he um, he put down the camera and he was like splashing like a water from a pool into his face. Right. Yes. Yeah. So then he probably would have gotten infected from that. But the way he words it is like, I'm burning up. It kind of makes you feel like he was already infected at that point And he was splashing the water on his face to cool down. I could see it either way. Yeah. 
So another thing about this, um, leaving everything open for interpretation, the part that actually made me laugh out loud, because once again, just kind of reminded me for, of COVID, is that same radio show that the mayor goes on to try and dumb everything down. People are calling in, um, trying to like, you know, offer up their words of wisdom or uh, reasonings. They think this might all be going down. And there's people blaming Al-Qaeda for terrorist attacks on the food supply or, you know, vaccines. Um, people being infected from vaccines and just like it, it's laughable but at the same time it's like it's not anymore it's it's this is real life that's how people that's what people think <laughs> oh man yeah that's that's true and you're lucky it was uh new england and not uh, unfortunately the midwest or the south which i'm both from and people uh well there's no nice way to say it but <laughs> Fair enough. I am from the south of Canada, if that makes you feel better. So I'm also surrounded by it. But uh, I mean, to each their own, I guess, right? We got to try and make sense of, of things we don't understand somehow. That's why religion was invented. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also a couple scenes that are also very Jaws-esque. Um, those teenagers that are swimming and we don't see the isopods, but it's almost like they're a being pulled under by a shark like it kind of reminds me of the opening of, of jaws or else being eaten alive by piranhas did you get that too yeah i totally could see that yeah so maybe this is like barry levinson's like homage to if jaws was directed by david cronenberg this is this movie honestly is very effective like i had like a sick feeling in my stomach literally the entire time watching this yeah no for sure um like bringing it back to the fact that we just get desensitized and i mean it's not your typical monster it is it's more believable right like maybe not the isopods but just the idea of the pandemic and the horror of people you know if um say there was a, a bubonic plague outbreak or something like that it, it would be very similar in the sense that hospitals would probably be overrun most of the people that got it would most likely perish and it would spread very quickly yeah, that was frightening seeing the footage of like just all of the people crammed into the hospital. Mm -hmm. Especially, uh, like you said, after this pandemic, which I hate to keep referencing because because uh, we've been circling hell for three years straight now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't even imagine being in those people's shoes of being, you know, feeling awful. You're probably feeling like you're going to die. You just get that sense. Um, and then you're sitting in the hospital, you're trying to do all the right things. Maybe you even got there first and or before a lot of the people came in and you're just not getting helped and even the doctor at one point rec uh they mentioned you know he he amputates a man's leg to try and stop what he thinks at this point still is the bacterial infection and then when he's moving on to the next patient the nurse runs out and is like doctor it's on the other leg so now he's like what do you even do so imagine this poor man maybe you're waking up from the amputation and they're like we gotta wheel you back in <laughs> like it would just be awful oh yeah then that was probably the, the the second most disgusting scene was them showing the amputated leg because it looks so real mm -hmm. so they probably did like half and half for practical versus cgi in this movie like you said the isopods are probably all cgi but um, a lot of the gore is is practical and i think they do a pretty good job i think um there was some isopods that are that seem to be dark and some that seem to be almost translucent. Like there's that scene where those fishermen find the or pull on the fish that have the the black isopod inside the fish's mouth crawls out onto the guy's hand. That yes. was freaky. Yeah. But uh, I think the black the black ones would were easier to CG. I wish they would have stuck with those because the translucent ones tend to 
give you the more uh, computery feel. Mm-hmm. So another thing that kind of brings me to is a lot of pandemics or people getting sick is often started by by animals. I, I can't even list them all right now, but certain plagues and things that we have gotten were either from birds, you know, monkeys, fish, things like that. And there is, um, bringing it back to the food documentaries, if you ever want to be just grossed out for real and never want to maybe eat again, and the most horrified I've ever been is watching those food documentaries where our food comes from. But probably a commonly known fact is that there is a certain percentage of parasites allowed to be in fish. So maybe people were eating fish and that was something that they got infected by was these larvae in the fish. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about it until you just mentioned, again, I had written that down and, and kind of forgotten about it. But yeah, that one scene where the, the isopod runs out and bites that guy. And I mean, we're constantly shown all the images of the larvae in the fish's mouth. And I mean, if it's kind of like around that area, but they're eating the other parts of the fish, I mean, maybe you wouldn't notice it as much and you would eat it. I, I don't know. Maybe that's a possibility. They were having a crab eating contest at the 4th of July. That's right. Yes. And that's when people first started getting sick. And it's it's kind of funny because at first you're, all the people around them are like, oh, are they just, did they eat too much? Because it is an eating contest. Or, oh no, okay, people are puking up blood. <laughs> this is wrong. I, I don't get eating contests, even though that seems to be the lay motif of my life, is I'm in a personal eating contest with myself. <laughs> me too, but man, me too. <laughs> I don't, I, I like seafood, I have nothing against it, but could you imagine just would be disgusting? Yeah, I think you would, I mean, crab itself, I love crab, but it is very rich and it has kind of like a sweet taste to it. I can't imagine. And like, what are these people numbers at those eating contests? Like a hundred crab? Like, I think you would, when would you start to get iodine poisoning or like shellfish issues? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it would just be really bad for your stomach, the richness of that meat. And there's hot dog eating contests. Did you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but each hot dog takes like 45 minutes off your life. Yes. Yeah, I did hear that. And I'm like, all I did when I first heard that fact was calculate how many hot dogs I've eaten in my life because I fucking love hot dogs. I don't know what it is, maybe from growing up camping or just like kids' birthday parties and stuff. But like every time summer comes around and I smell like the first campfire in someone's name, I want fucking hot dogs. Right. And chili dogs. It's just like, yeah. And Sonic. Yeah. Growing up watching Sonic cartoon, I mean, that was his chili cheese dogs were his food, right? I bet. I'm, I've seen the movies. My son made me watch them a couple hundred times. That's how I know. You didn't watch the cartoon when you were a kid? No. Oh, we missed out. Or play the video games. No, I think I'm a little, I'm a little bit older than you. I was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters kid. I watched those too. Um, I just grew up in front of a TV, I guess, because I watched a little bit of everything. <laughs> you didn't play the games because those were around for years. You have no excuses for that. We were a Nintendo household. We had both. I guess I was spoiled. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> no, we the, how we ro- how we we rolled in our house was uh, we were always a uh, a game console behind because my mom would just buy the old ones off other people's parents when they get the new ones. That makes sense. I mean, <laughs> we never had an N sixty four or um, a Sega Dreamcast, but we did have the, or the Super Nintendo. We had the original Nintendo and the Sega for quite a few years up until my parents uh, finally bought us the PlayStation 1 when it came out. But Mm. if we wanted to play like N64 or anything like that, we had to go to a friend's house. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Um, I think that the Bay would make a pretty good video game like Isopod Attack. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm kidding. Well, there are some good pandemic video games in and board games in the sense where an outbreak happens and you kind of have to work to either A, spread it, you can be the bad guy in some of them, or B, stop it. And those games are actually a lot fucking harder than you would think. Oh, you know what would be a good thing to do with those board games? Just throw them in a fireplace because after this bullshit, I don't want any any leisure activity to do with this nonsense. I must be really morbid because I bought Pandemic the board game and Stephen King's The Stand during the pandemic. <laughs> I did read that. <laughs> I was like, well, now's a better time than any. <laughs> kind of like gets you into the moment of it. But yeah, even it was fun, kind of funny, actually. I went to go buy that book online. And uh, it must have sold out because other people are morbid like me. Because the few places that had it jacked the book up to like 75 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not paying that. <laughs> no, I had the audio book. Nice. I didn't even think about that. That would have been smarter. Because if I, I read- had paid any more than $12 for the audiobook, I would have just, I don't know. I don't know. Burned something down. <laughs> rioted. I just wouldn't have bought it. Oh, yeah. But we can, we, and we can swing back into the bay. Because it's yes. real fun to talk about. But before, have you um, any any art that you have consumed since we last we spoke? Any any interesting things? Like movies? No, I meant like uh, portraits in a gallery or like... art. Um, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm mo- not very cultured. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we care about. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I've watched a lot of stuff. Um, I just watched Mad Heidi. How was that? It was good. Um, it, it was definitely very cheesy. I, I liked it. It was essentially, how do I explain this? Um, it was like World War II and um, the decimation of Jewish people, except you would replace that with Swiss, Swiss people who um, are basically trying to wipe out all lactose intolerant people. And they love cheese. It's like a Swiss cheese overlord who hates lactose intolerant people. I, what? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, it is totally worth the watch. Uh, Apparently it's a fan-made film, which I didn't know. So to anyone listening who is interested, do not illegally download this movie. Please check um, online or your local video store if you still have one, if you're fortunate enough like me to still have one. And or uh, buy a physical copy because it is worth it. I promise you will not be disappointed. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for it. Did you, have you watched Evil Dead Rise yet? No. Um, so I've been trying to, trying to support physical media and um, I'm waiting for my copy that I've reserved and I still, I think, anyways, no bad blood, but it was accidentally sold before I could get in to get it. So they reserved me a copy for this next time. And I'm going to go down probably on Sunday and hopefully grab it. Do you want my uh, short review? Give me your cliff notes. Oh, I had a ball. Yeah. Yeah, it. I don't know. When you hear a lot of fan backlash, you tend to go in just lower like, expectations. Yeah. Yeah, man. Maybe that's what it was, but it gave me everything I wanted from an Evil Dead movie. See, yeah, that's the. the I've either heard that or the other people who are um, obviously out, very outspoken. What gets me nowadays is like the fan bases for. It's almost like we don't. They certain fan bases don't want new content, and are the loudest and most outspoken and critical online, and. I'm just going to say it, but Star Wars fans are up there for being one of the worst. But it's starting to creep into horror a lot, too. Like, once again, being a huge Alien fan, there's a new Alien movie coming out next year, and I'm already seeing a lot of, like, hatred and stuff towards it, and I'm just like, 
do not want more content because like I know I do. So we have to be like at least cautiously optimistic, but everyone just seems to, I don't know, just shoot everything down before you even get the full information. Absolutely. It's like, uh, well, just to prove I'm not a hypocrite. I was not a fan of scream six. Yes. Um, which is a shame because the scream five was up there for me. It was really good. Um, but yeah, it kind of seems maybe they they kind of missed what the Scream franchise was about in in Scream Six, in my opinion. Yeah, I just consider it a bit of a mess. I, I I don't hate it. I don't hate any of them. I think it's worse than three. But see, there you go. That's not the hatred that I'm talking about. Like, it seems people you know want to burn bridges and stuff online and are cussing out the directors and the writers and saying it's the worst piece of shit they ever seen and blah blah. blah whereas other people are just like, you know. I'm happy to get new content, but you know, you can't, you kind of missed it this time. I don't know, but maybe on the other side is that those people who are the loudest are the ones that are either a get Hollywood to redo it. And they're like, Hey, sorry guys, let's do this again. Or B they get the franchise shut down because I don't know, I guess it just depends on, they're going to keep making the movies. If people keep going to see them, obviously they just want the money, whether or not it's good or not. What about you? What have you watched recently? Uh, Evil Dead Rise, I loved it. I give it an 8 out of 10. I could see it coming down, maybe. But I liked it better than the remake. Mm. Yeah, I, I have a a hot take, I guess, on the remake. I, did, I didn't love it as much as some people did. I don't, I don't know. Everyone says it's like the best since the first one. And uh, mm. I, I don't think so. But that's just me. Well, I think that Evil Dead Rise traffics in this kind of morbid extremely dark humor that mm-hmm. I think that 2013 forgot to do. Well, uh, I feel like maybe the first Evil Dead didn't, but obviously Evil Dead 2 leaned very heavily into the humor and of course, but more dark humor, whereas like Army of Darkness is just straight up like a horror comedy. Oh yeah. Um, refreshing was that it was a sequel to an iconic horror film, which didn't spend the entire movie blowing its own franchise like meta mm-hmm. yes so i don't know what the fans were bitching about and then i i last night i read the one dumb guy the kids in the hall book oh nice while i was working amazing i do love me some kids in the hall yeah. that is for sure i haven't heard still uh if they're going amazon renewed like the new kids in the hall for the second season which I... makes me think that they probably didn't they got good numbers. You know, they might. And if they don't, I'm just happy we got that that, that one season. I watched a couple episodes of that this morning and was laughing my ass off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's, they still got it, for sure. Um, is there anything else you wanted to discuss about The Bay? The Bay, I would say it's not... It's it's the opposite of a feel-good movie. Let's put it that way. Like, I I wanted to rewatch it and because it's so interesting and intense and disgusting but i was like i i kind of wanted to have fun and i'm just like watching all these people die mm-hmm. and i'm just like can we just get a giant anaconda or something in here it's like this is this is so because it's done so well and so real that it's 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 effective it's very effective mm-hmm. do you ever get like especially since we both love 80s films it sounds morbid or, uh, I don't know, like, t- 
terrible of us, but it's it's fun to watch people die in some senses, in the sense that it's like the movies are just more fun. And, you know, you can be like, don't look behind you and don't go in there. And of course, you know, they're going to like how Scream references the safety. I'll be right back. It's like, oh, that person's going to get it. And it's all just kind of very light, even though obviously we're watching teenagers get slaughtered or something else. But then when you get into movies like this or other certain, um, as we just get into newer movies and stuff, it's more serious and you actually kind of are like, oh shit, I almost, you know, you feel for these people and you're actually like watching them die and it, it just hits you harder. Yeah, I think that's that's the key difference between a a fun movie like Grizzly or Carnival. Yeah, exactly. And then The Bay, which is just uh, so clinical and medical and disturbing and disgusting. But the thing about like wanting to watch people die is if you compartmentalize fantasy reality fiction on fiction mm-hmm. and you understand that's a healthy outlet for certain uh emotions then yeah i love it i hate when we start a slasher movie and there's only like four people i'm like well where the fuck are you gonna get a body count now like yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm with you on that one like um this new movie that just came out i really want to saw, see because it's a shark movie called the black demon but i heard online that there's like no deaths and i'm like do i even really want to bother with this now <laughs> I don't know if it's a weakness, but <laughs> I have a hard time, um, you know, investing in because peril is a big part of horror, you know, but and more and you know, dying is like the the highest stakes of all. But exactly connecting with where where deaths aren't where human life isn't at stake remotely. That's one of the reasons why, as much as I love Poltergeist, like I prefer the sequel. Hmm. Yeah, well, you're just like, where's the threat? I mean, Poltergeist is still effective for some people, obviously. Um, just the idea of being haunted and things like that. I mean, go- certain things scare certain people, so ghosts. But, um, I mean, it's a good movie, Poltergeist, I guess, to introduce your kids to if you want to get into horror as well. It's still, like, kind of fun um, without being too crazy. Yeah, and then you got to explain to them, like, what are they doing? Like, well, yeah, they're smoking weed, but listen, in the, the early <laughs> 80s, yeah exactly um what's that tube tv daddy (laughs) what's static (laughs) yeah what's going on why don't they just call somebody it's like well we didn't have phones in our (laughs) pockets back then yeah exactly like how did you live arguably better i guess i mean yeah it's true if you were to rate um tell me what because how do you feel generally at the end of the day about found footage films love them Mm-hmm. I'm so where right... would you rate like what would be your top three found footage films let's see I'm gonna kick out para- anything with the word paranormal or Blair Witch in it just to make it interesting absolutely Um, as above so below I haven't watched that one but I've heard good things yeah that's a that's a very good one and uh, tied for number two I would go Willow Creek slash exists which are both found footage bigfoot movies and they, they both approach it differently like in one of them you you don't see anything at all hardly and then in the other one it's a big threat i like both those and then number three let me see grave encounters maybe Ooh, i hated that one but to each their own did you hate grave encounter i did I'll i did what. really like it gets, exists so i'll agree with you it was a very different take on a bigfoot movie and it was fantastic Grave Encounters, like, the plot seems very, 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 very stereotypical and cliched now, but back, when did I see that, 2009? Mm. That was scary off the hook. 
But yeah, do you have any or which ones have you enjoyed found footage wise? Um, so this one for sure, Wreck. Oh man, of Wreck. Of course, like, or or Quarantine the remake as well are both fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I'm almost going for a blank. I mean, Cloverfield obviously was like the, one of the big original ones besides Splitter Witch, which was fantastic. Yeah, like you said, Exists was great. Oh, there's a couple. Have you seen Frankenstein's Army? Yes, that one was pretty good. Yeah, I did like that one. Hell House? Can't think of that one, but actually, um, what was that one I just watched on Shudder? It was a comedy, but it was actually pretty good. was uh, Deadstream. uh, Deadstream, I love Deadstream. That movie was fantastic. I cannot, Uh, they, they they rode the line so hard between, it was very funny, but it was also scary. Yes, there was moments where it was, it, it got to you a bit and then it was like ridiculous, like he was getting fingers stuck up his nose by a ghost and it was hilarious. <laughs> um, Creep, I didn't watch the second one, but the original Creep was a movie that really like made me feel very unsettled. Oh, if you like the first Creep and if you get bored, I'd watch the second one. I think it's just as good, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't say I like Creep. It's a movie I'm not sure I'll ever watch again because it did get under my skin. Like, it, it was effective. I would say that one was way more effective than The Bay. <laughs> the idea of people kind of doing that kind of disgusting things. I don't know. I watch a lot of true crime, I guess, and I'm like, that's that could happen. That could totally happen. <laughs> Mockumentary-wise, like, essentially almost like what this is. It's found footage slash... Uh, there's another one called The Atticus Institute. Okay. Which I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I think... It's very. It's one of those those subgenres. Yeah, with a very low success rate. But it does seem to have a huge fan base. At least from what I see online, there's a lot of hardcore um, found footage people. Oh yeah, and there's people who love Rob Zombie's Halloween too. But I, don't, <laughs> I they can make it have it. I guess. I dare say there's people that love Covenant. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I a long way from liked it. I. So then you're definitely even farther away from loving it. Uh-huh. But <laughs> they, the Bay, I can't say I loved because, like I said, it was so... Uh, I can't... The All the boils and the body horror. Like, I do like a good body horror, but this one was just too real for me. I think that's why I loved it. Um, yeah, this is this is up there for me. I would say it's one of... If, either number one or number two found footage film for me. I, I really liked it. Ooh, I'd put, yeah, I would put this on my top 10, too. I'd give this one an 8 out of 10. Awesome. I think I would, too. Um, just because I do like non-found footage movies better. <laughs> but this is this was still a great movie. Um, I had seen it being talked about again online. It's not a very well-heard-of movie, in my opinion. Because, like I said, I think I watched this back in 2012 when it was on Netflix. And then it just disappeared, and then I never heard of it again. So... Um, if you haven't seen this movie, obviously you've probably seen it if you're listening to this, but check it out. It is also worth a rewatch. And I apologize if you do look for this because apparently it's not streaming fucking anywhere. Yeah, but maybe you can order a copy online. I doubt it's out of print. Oh no, I'm sure it's still in print. I had to, I had to go find the DVD. So I was like, I was because I was lazy this morning. So <laughs> I look up just watch. Is there anywhere I can stream this? So I don't have to get out of bed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I feel your pain on that one sometimes too. Well, do you have anything else you want to say about the Bay or do you want to introduce us or um, let everyone know what we're going to be discussing next episode? Uh, as far as the, the Bay, to rate the creature real quick, it's yes. it's a very intimidating foe just because it's it spreads fast. 
it can't be stopped once it's infected. It's a very intimidating foe. I think I'd also give the creature an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I think the thing that gets me the most is it's like it's it's in the water supply, right? And you don't know you're fucked until you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> so, you can't avoid the, water. The, and yeah, you need water to live. So, I mean, obviously, besides bottled water and things like that, um, it's and it has such a high infection rate and stuff like that. It is it's terrifying in that sense. I mean, obviously, I don't like cockroaches, and I would argue that no one does, or even these isopods that they're gross looking, but relatively small and non-threatening if you were to just compare that to say Bigfoot if it was like you were just facing it obviously you could just crush this bug but the idea of being eaten alive from the inside out is uh I think I'd rather tackle Bigfoot and die quickly than being eaten alive from the inside out oh dude 100% <laughs> like they might there's always the chance that they might just get tired of clubbing you and then just leave yeah or you could play dead like a bear <laughs> Yeah, or something, yeah, or God forbid, outrun it, or, but these things, no, there's no. Yeah, once it's inside you, you're fucked. And what would be <laughs> the vaccine for a cockroach? Like, just drinking bleach? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, not, not unless you're from the South, I don't think. I... Yeah, I think, I think that's it. What's your pick for next week, or next episode? I was trying to look it up, because I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was 1994 or 1995. I think it's 1994, though. And it's mosquito yes it's fucking fantastic gary jones did this who did uh, a bunch of other really interesting movies i think he did uh jolly roger about the killer pirate and then he did axe giant the wrath of paul bunyan and uh he did another oh spiders in 2000 i've been looking for that movie everywhere i haven't heard of the first two but they sound amazing. But yeah, I've been looking for spiders everywhere, and it is at least not streaming or available anywhere in Canada, that's for sure. There's a triple feature Blu-ray that Echo Bridge put out that has uh, one, two, and even though it's not in the same franchise, Spiders 3D. Okay. I'll, I'll try to send you that link. Yes, you should. Alrighty. Well, until next episode... Stay fresh, home cheese. Yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> you take it sleazy let's uh let's not break for as long this next time oh no at least uh six months we need to decompress after after the bay <laughs> yeah it kind of puts you through the ringer it does it'll be nice to have fun next next time absolutely being um sucked alive or your blood drained from giant mosquitoes also equally terrifying i guess we're on an insect kick <laughs> it's because you were like telling me how insects kind of get to you and i'm like i i try to think of all the insect ones and i was gonna do ticks but that's also a great film let's do mosquitoes. also not a high death count though i'm okay with as long as there's a couple in there mm -hmm. it's still a very fun movie with a great cast but yeah it, it I, that would be my one flaw is there's not a only a couple people die including carlton from fresh prince yes and um Oh my god, why am I forgetting his name? Clint Howard. With his very infamous They're eating me. Yeah. <laughs> Take it easy. I will see you soon.